Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, today we're talking about the immune system. In fact, we're going to talk about immune system all month long. And not just this mystical and unintangible thing. Okay, the immune system, if you look at this analogy, the soul is to the body as the immune system is to your function. Because, I mean, you can prove that, that the body is more energy than matter through quantum physics, curling and photography. But what keeps you alive, what actually allows you to adapt, what allows you to thrive in this environment is your immune system. Now, you know, we're going to go over the different parts of it, but when we look at the gut health, how that's 80% of your immune system, we're also going to talk about digestion and nervous system. But the immune system is is encompassed in all of these different aspects. And it's how you recognize self from non-self. It's how you literally adapt to your environment. And this adaptation is huge. And then, I mean, what we're going to talk over the next few weeks is things that positively affect your immune system, things that negatively affect your immune system. So this way you own what the immune system is. Because, I mean, you got to figure, it, when you look at the health of America, we're not being attacked by cancer or attacked by autoimmune disorders or attacked by heart disease. Even though one in two people get cancer, one in five have an autoimmune disease, one in four are going to die of heart disease. We're not attacked by these diseases. These are immune system responses. Either things are positively affecting your immune system or negatively affecting your immune system. So picture, use this analogy. If you had a garden and half of your garden was sick and dying and getting certain types of plant cancers, and would you fire the gardener? Yeah, I would fire the gardener because obviously if he's designed to protect our health, okay, of the garden, okay, would we fire the current medical system if our people were sick? Absolutely. Now, when you look at the war on breast cancer, you're talking in the last 32 years, breast cancer breast cancer has increased 300%. And this is with all the advances of, you know, the miracle drug and this and that. Okay, it doesn't matter. We're still, uh, the number of cases are increasing rapidly. So it's time we take a chill pill and look at this. Um, we're going to go over certain things that you might not be aware of. Now, we're going to cover vaccines in great detail because when we're talking about the immune system, um, the medical community, their one therapy that they do to healthy people, people without symptoms, is to inject them with a vaccine. Now, this is not a benign procedure. And in fact, according to the journal Lancet in 2002, the polio vaccine that I got is responsible for half of the 55,000 non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cases a year. Uh, it's also involved in lung cancer, brain cancer, bone cancer, lymphatic cancers. So a lot of the vaccines that we're getting can negatively affect the immune system. So what type of systems of the body are involved in the immune system? 
Well, I got to tell you, every system, the bloodstream is going to be um, helping out. So blood flow is going to be vital for the immune system. Your skeletal, digestive, nervous system, pulmonary system, all of these have different involved in, in different patterns, different parts, different ways that they contribute to how the body adapts to the environment. Now, let's look at your body's response to, say, an infection. Now, this could be viral, fungal, bacterial, any type of infection. So, and it's been said that the cure for the common cold is the common cold. So, first, when your body recognizes uh, that it's being attacked, it develops a fever. Why would you develop a fever? Well, because for every one degree increase in temperature, the speed of the immune system doubles. So if you go from 98.6 to 104 degrees, you have a 64 times faster immune system response. And so the fever is phenomenally beneficial to the immune system. This means the white cells, the leukocytes, and it's called leukotaxis, rushes the immune system cells to the area faster. Now this increases mucus production. This is to wall off the invader immune system cells, macrophages, leukocytes, all of these things are increased in production. And then diarrhea, coughing, sneezing, all of this is the action to eliminate the dead cells, the ones that you've killed. And then your body's job is to restore and rebuild. Uh, This is why a lot of, oh, let's just say that fevers um, are taxing. It's, it's, weakens you. It's it's fatiguing. We can call it metabolically expensive. So now what are the components, not the cells, the components of the immune system? Now, and, and again, when I'm talking about the components of the immune system, I want you to think about the medical interventions to these areas. First, skin. Skin is amazing. And in fact, um, the secretions that you get, the oily sebaceous glands and sweat glands, are lightly acidic and oily, they actually slow down excessive bacterial growth. Then you have gastric acid from the stomach that limits pathogens. You have saliva and tears, which can contain antibacterial lysozymes. You have intestinal bacteria, which is the normal flora, which compete for food and other, and it actually holds in check the pathogenic bacteria. You have mucus. Now, mucus is amazing. It's deadly to a lot of microorganisms. I know you didn't even think about that, but you've got all of these parts working. Now, if we break the immune system down to two parts or two activities, you have a Th1 and a Th2 response. Now, the Th1 is um, responsible for surviving in this environment. Now, this is long-term. Now, in order to have a healthy Th1 response, Uh, you need a robust gut flora. You need a healthy gut flora. So if your gut flora is damaged, you can't do this. Now, this is also called uh, cell-mediated response, but a Th1 will do both cell-mediated and humoral-mediated response. So this means that your your body is going to respond to dust mites, chemicals in food, anything, but also you can pass this on to your offspring. Now, the, so this is a long-term immune system response uh, that protects you from you know, pathogens in our world. 
Now, a Th2 response is an acute inflammatory response. Now, this is mainly active in allergies and food intolerances, but there's no lifetime immunity with the Th2 response. And this is what you get from vaccines because, you know, i got to tell you, they're not designed to last for a lifetime, even though when they first came out, you thought, you know, was it one shot and done, or was it annual shots, or do you need to get shot every monthly? Uh, well, it's the same thing now when they're talking about, well, they advertise it, and then it's one shot. And then, of course, people to get the shot develop the same disease that they're supposed to be protected for. And so then they're looked at antibodies to see if that's really a, a contributing factor. And they find out that the shots, the vaccines, don't last a lifetime. So then you're given booster shots. This is why you get six DPT shots before the age of five. I know it might seem excessive. And, you know, we're going to go into the uh, vaccination arena. So you've got two different types, the Th1 and Th2 response. Now, let's look at, at different ones, okay, the different aspects of this. Uh, we have an innate inborn immunity and an adaptive immunity. Now, the innate inherited, this is inherited from the environmental exposure and responses to the environment by your ancestors. So this means that if, you've been, if your parents were exposed to certain diseases, you can actually have certain resistance to those diseases. Now, both of these, the innate and adaptive immune system, now the adaptive immune system is different. This is uh, in great motion, and it's based on exposure to um, immune system stimulants like pathogens, but it's also based on your physical, chemical, and emotional stress load. And both of these have humoral and cellular components. Now, let's look at some of the cells involved in this. You have NK cells, which are natural killer cells. They, they fight viruses. You have T cells and B cells. Now, these recognize specific antigens or, or um, things that are trying to attack the body. Now, once they have identified an invader, the cells generate specific responses tailored specifically to that pathogen. Now, B cells respond to pathogens by producing large quantities of antibodies that um, literally neutralize bacteria and viruses. Now, after B cells and T cells, um, they... Uh, after their activation, they leave a lasting legacy in the form of memory cells. And that's what's, what's the key in long-term immune system protection is once you've been attacked by a cell, you have these memory cells that are there that are going to recognize um, the pathogens if you ever get exposed to again. Now, let's look at antibodies. Now, antibodies, it's a type of protein made from certain white blood cells in response to an antigen or a problem. Now, each antibody can bind to only specific antigen. So this helps destroy that antigen. Now, some antibodies destroy antigens directly. Other, they're like recognizers. They attach to these pathogens so other white cells can go in and destroy it. Now, when they're measuring the effectiveness of um, antibiotics or actually of vaccines, they're actually measuring antibody production. So when you're getting the vaccine, they're not going to dump a bucket of virus on you and see if you get sick. 
they're actually going to measure your antibody response. Then we have inflammation. Now, inflammation is how the body heals. Now, it's interesting. Inflammation is only stimulated by cells that are injured. Now, these factors, once you get a cell that's injured, histamines, bradycinines that, that are sensitive to pain receptors, it causes dilation of the blood vessels at the scene, but it also attracts neutrophils, phagocytes, and phagocytes are these cells that eat up abnormally placed tissue. Now, the phagocytes, um, and these are cells that are drawn in by the histamine response or by the inflammation, and they're also called lymphocytes and other phagocytes. Now, what phagocytes, phag means to eat. So these are cells that eat other cells. Macrophages are big cells that eat other cells. Neutrophils are most abundant in bacterial infections. And in fact, it's interesting. When you're looking at a blood test, the mnemonic, and this is what I used to teach the, the doctors, never bet Las Vegas. Neutrophils and bacteria, never bet. Las Vegas, lymphocytes and viral infections. So if you see high neutrophils, you know bacterial, high lymphocytes, viral. Um, you know, never bet Las Vegas. Plus it's a good idea for your wallet too. But it's also a great way to pass a test. Now what's interesting about neutrophils, and this is kind of cool, what they do when they come up to a pathogen, they'll do this respiratory burst that produces hydrogen peroxide that literally oxidizes the agent, just, just destroys it. Um, now, macrophages, these guys kill everything. They're the big guys on the block. They can kill tumor cells, protozoa, fungi, bacteria, viruses. Now, basophils, these cells release histamines. And they're also good against defending par parasites. And eosinophils, this is, again, an uh, important part against certain parasites. But what I want you to understand is your immune system is always, always at work. Um, you know, let's take, and I've got a, a series of s slides um, for cancer cells. Now, you've got this little tiny phagocyte cell. It's like a neutroph neutrophil or or macrophage attacking a cancer cell. Now, it's interesting, both phagocytes and bacteria can be trapped in this plasticy, uh, liquid-rich structural proteins. And, and it's trapped in there, and you may know it has pus. So if you're thinking about, oh no, what's the zit? It's not a zit, it's an immune system response that the body is attacking these pathogens and these phagocytes are chewing them up and they're the dead bacteria and the old used up white cells are um, uh, bound up in this structural proteins known as pus. Isn't that interesting? Now, so what's the benefit? What's the benefit of um, how the immune system works? Well, for one, when we look at antibody responses, now, there can be pathologic antibody responses and healthy pathologic responses. So when you look at the journal of Biomed Science, and this is out of 2002, abnormal measles, mumps, and rubella antibodies in central nervous system autoimmunity in children with autism. 
it turns out that, again, we're talking about antibodies. Um, now, this study showed a significant increase in the level of measles, mumps, and rubella antibodies on autistic kids. And it turned out that it's unique, uh, a subunit of the vaccine. Now, what they're suggesting is that, and here, quote, we suggest that an inappropriate antibody response to the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine, specifically the measles component, might be related to the pathogenesis of autism. And that kind of makes sense because when you're getting an inflammatory TH2 response, you're injecting a foreign protein in there, and the body's going to mount antibodies to fight that foreign protein. Well, if these antibodies are of a unique variety because you're getting injected with a measles vaccine, which is very unusual, um, that the antibodies can not only attack that, but they could attack other aspects such as the central nervous system. Uh, so what is this, this antibody response? Well, let's look at the difference between cell-mediated immunity, which does not involve antibodies. Now, it involves phagocytes, antigen-specific, lymphocytes, and, and all these different res, uh, cells that are in response to um, an antigen or a pathogen. Now, humoral immunity, so we've got cellular-mediated and humoral-mediated. It's also, you can call it antibody-mediated immunity. Now, this is where they measure um, the function of vaccines. They're actually measuring the blood response or the antibody response. So humoral does the antibody response, and cellular does the long-term immunity and it generates a lot of the other cells. So it's interesting, for cellular immunity, um, for the protective function of immunizations, it would be associated with like CD4 cells, T helper cells, against different uh, pathogens. Now, um, I'm going to change something. I'm actually going through some of my slides for tonight. So when we look at this, cellular immunity protects the body by activating specific cells that are poisonous to other cells or cytotoxic. And they initiate these T lymphocytes, where, which introduce programmed cell death in toxic, um, in toxic cells or cells that are attacking the body, like virus-infected cells, cells with intracellular bacteria, cancer cells, okay, now, activating macrophages, natural killer cells, all of this stuff is cellular immunity. Uh, and it's also like fungi, protozoans, cancers. But it's, it's interesting when you look at how the body responds and when we talk about inflammation being a healing aspect of the body, uh, what happens if you slow that uh, inflammatory response down? Well, according to the University de Granada in 2008, they found out that six out of every 100 patients that die in a hospital die due to anti-inflammatories. So that 6% of all deaths in a hospital are from um, things that reduce a fever. And what they say in the article is there's good evidence that antipyretic therapy does more harm than good. That's Well, it kind of makes sense. When you look at 
how the immune system works, that if for every one degree increase in temperature, the speed of the immune system doubles, then, you know, obviously you don't want to reduce the fever. That just doesn't make any sense. If you're reducing the fever, uh, you're going to have a negative effect on the body. That, does that make sense? It, it absolutely does. Now, when we look at um, the benefit of being exposed to different viruses, funguses, and bacteria, yeah, that's right, the benefit. And it's called cross-protective immunity. And the, it's, it's interesting because if you reduce um, an infectivity of on an, an infectious strain against a degree of cross protection that exists from a prior exposure. So think of this: let's say you've been exposed to a certain pathogen. Well, that pathogen you've de- built a defense to, but that defense can also protect you from other agents. Uh, there was a brilliant article by Dr. Moss at all in 2002 and uh, Dr. Ben et al. in 2004 and they found out that measles, actually getting measles can protect you from uh, AIDS. Getting measles protects you from asthma and in fact there's the AAV2 virus, a harmless virus present in human, can kill cancer cells in humans and carriers tend not to ever develop uh, cervical cancer. Isn't that interesting? So it turns out that a lot of times when we get an infection, we're protected by other uh, infectious agents. Now, that uh, when we get into this, and we're going to look at autoimmune diseases too, because when we're talking about the immune system, well, it turns out that infections, vaccines, and other environmental triggers of autoimmunity, and that's the title of an article from the journal Autoimmunity, they say that infections like bacterial, viral, parasitic infections are known to induce and exacerbate autoimmune diseases, and it's mainly by molecular mimicry. Now, these could be um, genetic, immunologic, environmental factors are all considered important triggers of this autoimmune response. However, if you have a healthy immune system response, you're going to have a healthy memory of that. Now, this article goes on to explain what kind of factors negatively affect our immune system's response to these. Well, in this article, they say, well, vaccines. Uh, It turns out the DPT shot, the diphtheria and tetanus, toxoid, polio vaccine, and measles vaccines can cause Guillain-Barre syndrome. We know that the MMR can actually um, increase autoimmune thrombocytopenia. We know the HPV vaccine is associated with multiple sclerosis. So there's a lot of different triggers. We know that according to the Journal of Molecular Pathology, when you get the measles vaccine is linked to a new bowel disorder. And this is, I mean, this the first article was done by Dr. Andrew Wakefield. And when he put up his um, suspicion that the measles vaccine may negatively affect the gut, um, you cannot say in this culture that a vaccine 
can negatively affect the 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 body because this is a vaccine culture this is a religion of vaccines so any doctor or scientist that goes in to explain that there may be a negative response because it is triggering an inflammatory response, it is triggering an antibody response, that this inflammation and antibody response from the vaccine can negatively affect the body. Well, according to the Journal of Molecular Pathology 2002, they're talking about ileocolonic, lymphonodular hyperplasia. I mean, this is a new form of inflammatory bowel disease that's caused by this measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine. And when we know that the gut, the gut is where 80% of the immune system is, this can have huge, huge factors. We also, if we look at, thank you, um, the Journal of Public Health and Epidemiology. Now, this was way back in 1979. They're talking about um, it, universal introduced environmental contaminants. And this could be retroviral fetal contaminants. I mean, this is, and this is was an article published in 2014, but they went from data from 1979 to 2014 and they're finding out that it's not just the vaccines. It has to do with the human fetal cells that are inside of the vaccines. And they're saying that it coincides with that, that epidemic rate okay, that, that we're going through. Now, uh, when you look at how sick our children are, 54%, more than one in two, have a chronic illness or disease that they will never recover from. Now, all of this is based on the germ theory. Now, the germ theory that germs cause disease, it's an oversimplification, according to The Lancet, that germs do not cause disease, that it's a weakened immune system, okay, that, that it's not the entire system, the entire medical system is based on this biomedical model of illness, that, that illnesses are from a single underlying cause, that, that disease or the pathology is always from that that bug or one pathology, and that if you kill that bug or, or the, the uh, antigen, that your body will return to health. And according to the British Medical Journal, evidence for that all these three assumptions are wrong, and it's true. See, in order to have a health, health, you need a healthy adaptive response to the environment. This means you have to develop a fever. You have to develop high blood pressure under stress or high cholesterol. Now, disease is an unhealthy adaptive response. I know. So health is a healthy adaptive response, not controlling the symptoms, not pain-free, not cold-free. Health, you need to express a fever. You need to express vomiting. You need to express these things. So that is the key. So in order to keep your body healthy, you've got to get your nervous system checked. You have to understand that there's a link between the nervous system and the immune system. And we're going to go over and explain that link tonight in great detail. But realize, to keep your immune system healthy, look at the big picture. Look at the physical stress, chemical stress, and emotional stress. When you realize that 80% of your immune system is located in your gut, okay, this means the organic plant-based diet um, is essential. 
if you realize, have you ever heard of type 2 diabetes? Okay, well, you've got two things that regulate blood sugar. You've got the pancreas that regulates blood sugar uh, when you're eating. You've got the liver that regulates blood sugar when you're not eating. Now, and you need... Um, healthy amounts of dark green leafy vegetables in order to utilize blood sugar healthy. So you have to look at um, healthy organic plant-based diets. You've got to look at fermented veggies, probiotics. We've got to build that gut flora. The antioxidants help your immune system. So this means eat for color. Get the wild blueberries, goji berries, dark chocolate, artichokes, everything. When we put up the five keys to health and healing, how it's proper nerve supply, regular exercise, proper nutrition, sufficient rest and prayer meditation, the the data is there. You don't fight disease. Okay, you strengthen your immune system response. It's like Mother Teresa would say she would never attend an anti-war rally. She would attend a pro-peace rally. So don't try and fight disease. Strengthen your defense. Make sure that you have a healthy immune system through proper nerve supplying. You have to exercise daily, proper nutrition, sufficient rest and prayer and meditation. Now, our cruise is back on, and we're going to cover all this stuff tonight. But it's going to be next year, next March, the 15th through the 21st, uh, get on our site, drjohnbergman.com, and uh, sign up for it because uh, I know it's about eight months in advance, but the, it's going fast. And also, get to um, Extreme Health Academy. This is something, and I mean, it's just a blast to go to. Go to extremehealthacademy.com, and when you get there, uh, start the Extreme Health Challenge because all month long in in June, we're covering what you can do to increase your immune system every day. We get a 14-day challenge, and even though we're five days into this, you can start, you can go back to the first and do that challenge. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you. I love you. I am your health advocate, and you're designed to thrive on this planet. Um, strengthen your immune system. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.